Hey, y'all. Welcome back as we continue our hike on through First Kings. In Chapter 2, um, we're going to have King David's final instructions to his son Solomon as he takes over as king of the country. And we'll go ahead and start in verse 1. As the time of King David's death approached, he gave this charge to his son Solomon. I am going where everyone on earth must someday go. Take courage and be a man. Observe the requirements of the Lord your God and follow all his ways. Keep the decrees, commands, regulations, and laws written in the law of Moses so that you will be successful in all you do wherever you go. If you do this, then the Lord will keep the promise he made to me. He told me if your descendants live as they should and follow me faithfully with all their heart and soul, one of them will always sit on the throne of Israel. And we know that that does come true because Jesus ends up in the heritage of King David through Joseph, who was David's descendant when Joseph married Mary, and Mary was carrying um, the Son of God. And um, through that connection, there was essentially a person of Solomon's descendancy on the throne for the entire um eternity for eternity and these initial words that king david is telling to solomon um the the initial advice really echoes similarly to the many times the mantle is being passed and the theme of this closely resembles moses joshua and samuel's speeches at the end of their lives but it also includes instruction for consolidating the power, which we're going to go ahead and read on to see what he says about that. In verse 5, And there is something else. You know what Joab, son of Jeriah, did to me when he murdered my two army commanders, Abner, son of Ner, and Amazah, son of Jether. He pretended that it was an act of war, but it was done at a time of peace, staining his belt and sandals with innocent blood. Do with him whatever you think is best, but don't let him grow old and go to his grave in peace. Be kind to the sons of Barzillai of Gilead. Make them permanent guests at your table, for they took care of me when I fled from your brother Absalomon. And remember Shemai, son of Jirah, the man from Barium in, ben in Benjamin. He cursed me with a terrible curse as I was fleeing to Mahanaim. When he came down to meet me at the Jordan River, I swore by the Lord that I would not kill him, but that oath does not make him innocent. You are a wise man, and you will know how to arrange a bloody death for him. Then David died and was buried with his ancestors in the city of David. David had reigned over Israel for 40 years, seven of them in Hebron and 33 in Jerusalem. Solomon then became king and sat on the throne of David his father, and his kingdom was firmly established. So what the direction he was giving there in that second section was how King Solomon could go about consolidating the power of the kingdom. Basically assassinate all those who turn against his house and make sure that the house is strong and consolidated in that power. We'll continue and see what happens next in verse 13. One day, Adonijah, whose mother was Haggith, came to see Bathsheba, Solomon's mother. Have you come with peaceful intentions? she asked him. Yes, he said, I come in peace. 
In fact, I have a favor to ask you. And remember that this is the brother that tried to steal the throne from Solomon in chapter 1. She continues, What is it? she asks. In verse 15, he replied, As you know, the kingdom was rightfully mine. All Israel wanted me to be the next king, but the tables were turned, and the kingdom went to my brother instead, for that is the way the Lord wanted it. He knew that this was the way God wanted it to be, and he knew God was going to make that happen, I would presume. In verse 16, So now I have just one favor to ask of you. Please don't turn me down. What is it? she asked. He replied, Speak to King Solomon on my behalf, for I know he will do anything you request. Ask him to let me marry Abishag, the girl from Shunim. All right, Bathsheba replied. I will speak to the king for you. So Bathsheba went to King Solomon to speak on Adonai's behalf. The king rose from his throne to meet her, and he bowed down before her. When he sat down on his throne again, the king ordered a throne be brought for his mother, and she sat at his right side. I have one small request to make of you, she said. I hope you won't turn me down. What is it, mother, he asked. You know I won't refuse you. Then let your brother Adonajai marry Abishag, the girl from Shunem, she replied. How can you possibly ask me to give Abishag to Adonajai? King Solomon demanded. You might as well ask me to give him the kingdom. You know that he is my older brother and that he is Abathar. And that he has Abathar the priest and Joab son of Zerah on his side. Then King Solomon made a vow before the Lord. May God strike me and even kill me if Adonijah is has not sealed his fate with this request. The Lord has confirmed me and placed me on the throne of my father, David. He has established my dynasty as he promised. So as surely as the Lord lives, Adonijah will die this very day. So King Solomon ordered Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, to execute him, and he was put to death. Then the king said to Abiathar the priest, Go back to your home in Anatha. You deserve to die, but I will not kill you now, because you carried the ark of the sovereign Lord for David my father, and you shared all his hardships. So Solomon deposed Abathar from his position as priest of the Lord, thereby fulfilling the prophecy the Lord had given at Shiloh concerning the descendants of Eli. Joab had not joined Absalom's earlier rebellion, so he had joined Adonai's rebellion. So when Joab heard about Adonai's death, he ran to the sacred tent of the Lord and grabbed onto the horns of the altar. When this was reported to King Solomon, he sent Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, to execute him. Benaiah went to the sacred tent of the Lord and said to Joab, The king orders you come out. But Joab answers, No, I will die here. So Benaiah returned to the king and told him what Joab had said. Do as he said, the king replied. Kill him there beside the altar and bury him. This will remove the guilt of Joab's senseless murders from me and from my father's family. The Lord will repay him for the murders of two men who were more righteous and better than he. For my father knew nothing about the details of Abner, son of Ner, commander of the army of Israel, and of Amasa, son of Jether, commander of the army of Judah. May their blood be on Joab, 
and his descendants forever. And may the Lord grant peace forever to David, his descendants, his dynasty, and his throne. So Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, returned to the sacred tent and killed Joab. And he was buried at his home in the wilderness. Then the king appointed Benaiah to command the army in place of Joab. And he instilled Zodak the priest to take the place of Abiathar. The king then sent for Shammai and told him, Build a house here in Jerusalem and live there. But don't step outside the city to go anywhere else. On the day that you so much as cross the Kidron Valley, you will surely die, and your blood will be on your own head. Shema replied, Your sentence is fair. I will do whatever my lord the king commands. So Shemai lived in Jerusalem for a long time. But three years later, two of Shemai's slaves ran away to King Ashish, son of Mekah, of Gath. Then Shemai learned where they were. He saddled his donkey and went to Gath to search for them. When he found them, he brought them back to Jerusalem. Solomon heard that Shammai had left Jerusalem and had gone to Gath and returned. So the king sent for Shammai and demanded, Didn't I make you swear to the Lord and warn you not to go anywhere else or you would surely die? And you replied that the sentence was fair. I will do as you say. Then why have you not kept your oath to the Lord and obeyed my command? The king said to Shammai, You certainly remember all the wicked things you did to my father David. The king also said to Shammai, You certainly remember all the wicked things you did to my father David. May the Lord now bring that evil on your own head. But may I, King Solomon, receive the Lord's blessings, and may one of David's descendants always sit on this throne in the presence of the Lord. And again, we know that happens through Jesus. Then, at the king's command, Benaiah, son of Jehaiba, took Shammai outside and killed him. So the kingdom was now in fir- firmly in Solomon's grip. So chapter 2 basically tells us David's dying directions to his son Solomon as his son Solomon is, is about to take over kingship. And he instructs him on how to go about consolidating the power to better the kingdom that he's about to rule over and to make sure that the power was consolidated. He basically had to clean some house and and clean up some messes. And then that power would be consolidated and he'd be able to continue forth ruling under God's order and in God's ways. So in chapter 3 tomorrow, we'll go ahead and see how he starts that ruling after this house cleanup that he just finished. So we'll see you again tomorrow. I hope you all are having a great day.